Hey guys, I'm Holly Carpenter and you're listening to Filter Free. This is the podcast where I take a deep dive into my guests' Instagram feeds and pick out a few posts that I'd like to know a little bit more about. They say a picture's worth a thousand words, but I think there's even more to the story, particularly when it comes to social media. Starting right back at their very first Instagram post, I take my guests on a trip down memory lane and chat about their highs and lows over the years and the parts of their lives that they keep off grid. On this episode, we chat to Irish rugby legend, father of two, and my former Dancing with the Stars co-star, Peter Stringer. We'll be chatting about his time on RTE's Ultimate Hell Week, his newest business venture, Body Plan, and how he maintains a healthy work-life balance. Cursing, no, no. Oh no, cursing. I'll probably be cursing at yeah. nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Like we can add a little beep. <laughs> so welcome to my podcast, Peter Stringer. Thank you very much, Holly. How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, things have been busy. Um, I'm good. Um, just lots going on. Family, gym, website, um, TV stuff with rugby. So yeah, keep yeah. busy, which is great. It's, it's great. You were still kind of busy though during lockdown and stuff as well. You kind of kept yourself busy. There's a lot you could still do, I think. Yeah, um, the arrival of a new baby in last March oh, yeah, <laughs> keeps you on Oscar. your toes. Yeah, Oscar, he's great. And do you know what? It was a lo- it was a really nice time being at home, no visitors, um, because where we are, it's kind of, I suppose, someone would have the kettle on inside in your living room before you even knew that they were in your house. It's kind of that open door policy. So it was mm. nice to have that kind of little bit of a restriction. So you bring a new baby home and it was tough, though. My parents, Debbie's parents were still kind of looking at the new baby through the door and through the window. Yeah. So that was that was difficult but yeah I, I was lucky I got some equipment and converted the garage into a gym um, so I was on site if Debbie needed me um, I was a just a, a stone's throw away doing my own sessions I was able to kind of focus on that get that done my mind was clear I was able to kind of crack on with the rest of my day so do you know what and I was actually getting to go to rugby matches as well doing commentary punditry mm. where there were there was nobody else at the game so we were very lucky that we could escape that five kilometer radius we were allowed because it was essential travel for work so yeah that is life just kind of went on yeah for me it was great I think I was the same because you can do particularly like a certain amount of social media work from home and that kind of thing too but I definitely felt for people who were just in jobs where they could do nothing I would have lost my mind probably (laughs) yeah I'd say it was tough for people and particularly in that kind of that fitness kind of mental mental health situations where people Mm -hmm. are just stuck at home um, it was just trying to find that kind of an outlet for people. Um, and I was I was very lucky that I was able to have that still, but being at home at the same time. So, yeah, people had to adjust they had to adapt to a lot of things. So I think you know, hopefully coming out, well, coming out the other side of it, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see for how long um, that we'll see people maybe kind of change their attitude to the way they're living, to the way they're being active, to their kind of work um, life balance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think obviously when I was looking through your Instagram it's a lot of training videos and you know you in the gym and you kind of showing people how to do things the right way and like hit sessions you could do at home so it's I find it like really obviously informative because you clearly know what you're doing but um was that just like for you would you have been training that much anyway or do you find the social media gives another element that you know you're helping other people and you know do people message you and ask you for advice and what does it kind of give you I suppose since since finishing playing probably three years ago professionally I, I suppose the last five or six years of my career, I kind of, I really took it into my own hands that I would do as much as I could to keep me playing at the highest level for as long as I could. And the 
the process then when when I finished and I retired it was trying to find that new goal that you know there wasn't the match on the Saturday to kind of prepare for so I had to kind of readjust things a small bit um, came back to Ireland from the UK and I just ultimately then decided you know what I wanted to just to live as healthy a life as I possibly could you know two two young kids on the uh, around the house and keeping me active and I just want to you know had that bigger picture down the line of when you get to 70, when you get to 80, you want to have that independent life. You want to mm. be able to, you want to be able to get out of the car unaided. You want to be able to get out of a chair without somebody helping you out. All those kind of things in my mind then became the new goal for being mobile, being active. And what I can do now in preparation for that, um, that became my new focus. So again, during lockdown, you know, I would have been training anyway. And then probably more and more people messaged me because I, I was a little bit more active on mm -hmm. social media. Um, and I always would have thought of it in terms of an elite professional sports person and, and the training that I did, but then understanding that, you know, not everybody, you know, does it to that level and understands the, yeah. the complexity of some of the exercises and training regimes that I might've been putting out there. Mm -hmm. So again, it was always about then kind of stripping it back and back to the basics for, for some people that might've been just body weight movements at home that a lot of people didn't have access to, to gym equipment. So it was just trying to, I suppose, um, incorporate everybody into, you know, some of the things that I was doing. Yeah, that's true. Because I think with the whole fitness industry with Instagram, someone could have 500k because aesthetically they're, you know, they could be on steroids, they could be, you know, you know, mm. but like sometimes I see videos of even, you know, female Fitzbo accounts or male and they're not actually doing things like I, I know I'm obviously not a pro, but like just, you know, you look at a deadlift or something and you're like, is that actually like the posture or does that posture just look good for a video because obviously if you arch your back it might look more attractive but you might not you know so do you think that you're kind of is that frustrating for you to see or do you not really look yeah, at that stuff no I, I do because it's I put it down to so my longevity longevity in the in my career playing rugby to the highest level till I was 40 I put down to my attitude to everything that I did in, in around training my my technique my form and that's that's ultimately what kept me I suppose injury free. I was able to do exercises in the right kind of form and right posture, making sure that I was, you know, my back was bending in the right areas, that I was strengthening my glutes and hamstrings when I was doing deadlifts or whatever the case may be, that you always had that right technique. And it wasn't just about trying to lift the heaviest weight as quickly as possible. You know, for me, I, you know, if I did something like that and I, I, I would be kind of on the physio bed more often than not, but it was all about that control for me. Um, and it's, you don't see it that often in terms of, you know, yes, you, you, you just describe a lot of accounts that are Instagram now, just, you know, people's physiques. Um, you don't see the kind of the, the technique and mm. the explanation behind it. So yeah, like I try and work with people that if you can implement, I suppose, a, a structure like that for people's lives, that they, they can get the basics, then they can do the lifts by themselves, that it doesn't seem that it's, it's just so far out there for them that it's not achievable. So yeah, you start with, start with body weight, you work way up. And if, if people have technique right, then they're, they're not afraid of going to the gym. I think that's a lot of it that people are fearful to enter that environment um, yeah. because of, you know, they see the, the big, huge, tall, muscly guys mm -hmm. and, and, you know, doing these big kind of squats and deadlifts. And if people had a little bit more kind of confidence going into a gym environment, that the benefits of, of weightlifting is just incredible. As we age, I'm even trying to get my parents to do it at the yeah. moment, just because of, you know, I suppose when elderly people and they have that fall and they break bones that, that the weightlifting will just strengthen your bones you don't want to have any of these I suppose diseases as you as you age that you want to keep yourself strong keep yourself physically fit that weightlifting has been proven to be one of those things that can really kind of stop that aging process in terms of strengthening your bones so I'm always trying no matter what age somebody is 
to lose that kind of perception of, you know, that big muscly guy um, in the gym that, you know, you're not going to turn into that if you're just mm-hmm. kind of do it on a, in a concentrated kind of manner, you know, a couple of days a week. So it's it's future proofing yourself. So when you get to that age that you're you're able to handle those little knocks and, and falls that you may have um, that you mightn't have had now. So it's um, yeah, look, it's 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 an interesting one that it's become a, a huge part of people's lives in in staying fit and, and everybody kind of wants to know more about it yeah it's actually so true and I know what you mean about that whole gym fear because even like if I don't go to the gym for a couple of weeks which I'm very much like all or nothing sometimes with things so I'll be going like a good bit and then if I just fall off the wagon even if it's just been a week I'm almost like oh god I have to go back in there and they're gonna be like you haven't been in, in a week and all Jesus <laughs> oh, do you know what I mean yeah. but like sometimes it's just about biting the bullet and doing it even if you're not at the top of your game where your gym gear isn't as you know a fab of a gym gear outfit as you see on Instagram but like I kind of look at you know your sons and like the atmosphere that they're growing up in and I loved the video you did with Noah does fitness when he was doing a little lift uh what you call it a pull up in his spider-man outfit (laughs) look he's he's obsessed with it and like if I I kind of go to a couple of different gyms just to kind of mix things up Mm -hmm. and change the scenery every so often but when I'm not in that gym in our garage at home he's like he can't understand why I'm not in there and he can he always would come in after I'm finished to kind of do his little bit of a workout oh, so his, so his little dumbbell curls his little sprints on the treadmill his pull-ups whatever he's doing he's and he's now like with his slam balls lifting them up he's like in a strongman contest he's just he is obsessed and he is non-stop which is which is brilliant and he's Look, they're active, you know, he's in, Noah's doing rugby, tots, he's in little kickers, he wants to do gymnastics. So for, for guys like that age, it's just let them do whatever they want and mm-hmm. then they'll find that path, whatever, whatever enjoyment they get from those. That's that's where you kind of give them that that freedom to, to choose things themselves. So yeah. it's um it's great. And look, you know, if he just sat down and, you know, played computer games all day, then look, I... I love that he's active with me yeah, of um, course. and it keeps me, keeps me on my toes, keeps me, I suppose, fit knowing that that's his mentality and going forward, that's the way he's going to be. Then, you know, that, that inspires me to, mm. to keep fit as well. Yeah. And like, obviously, even though you were a professional rugby player and there's so much you loved about it, I kind of look at it. If I was to have a daughter, would I, if she was to go down the exact same route as me career wise, are there certain things that I'd be kind of going, oh, like, is there anything about rugby that you'd be kind of worried about your kids getting into? Or do you just feel like, you know, it inside out, so you'd be there for them? Yeah. Look, you always have that, those fears, um, for your, for, for your kids, like as a player, you know, if you have those fears going into training or going into a contact mm. situation, I don't think it's for you. Like I genuinely never had that fear stepping out onto the training pitch or a match thinking you're going to get injured because for the most part, if you think like that, if your mentality is not kind mm-hmm. of frame of mind, then you probably will because you're not committed to something. You're not committed to the actual action yeah. of, of going through with a tackle. So you're kind of pulling out of it. You're kind of a little bit hesitant mm-hmm. and that's when injuries happen. So again, look, if, if, if I see, you know, Noah or if Oscar goes into rugby, that if they're, if they're 100% confident and they want to do it, then, then you probably have a belief in the coaching setup that they're in, that, that they're being taught the, the right way to tackle. Um, like I was, it's not as though you're, someone goes from doing nothing right into this full contact game of, of, you know, hard, hard sport. It's, you know, you have that learning process, you start tackling where you're down on your knees and, you know, someone's standing there. So there, there are kind of stages that you do learn the, the, the techniques. And, you know, like for me, I was small. It was, you know, I knew I had to 
tackle the right way because if I went up too high on somebody mm-hmm. it's just physics I'm going to come off second best so if someone big is running at me and I go too high I'm just going to be swatted away like a fly so I had to learn those techniques being small go lower on the ankles and then you know from a very early age I, I became comfortable with it so if you if you're in that position and your son is in that position then you will you know hopefully you coach him you know in, on along the right process and that it will it will kind of stand to him going forward yeah exactly yeah I suppose I was thinking though there like about you saying you you never got nervous going on the pitch like did you ever obviously we met on Dancing with the Stars um, I don't know I don't remember that <laughs> did you block I've that experience I've wiped, I've wiped it from my memory <laughs> it's where our friendship began <laughs> when you took on the role as my nutritionist, nutritionist Peter Peter I have to explain because obviously Peter knows so much about food and stuff so every time we're in the canteen they might have like salmon and chicken on the lunch menu and I'd be like I'm just going to ask Peter which has more protein so he'd be there trying to enjoy his lunch or, do you know what I wasn't trying to enjoy it. I was trying to just keep it down because I was worried about I, would, I had to go out and do a salad in about an hour's time and like whatever about dancing coming comfortably to you it, did, it certainly did not to me so I've never been so nervous in my life stepping out on a dance floor put me out in front of 80,000 people yeah. in, a, in a big rugby game but wearing uh, some see-through sequins it I just know. is you kind of loved nightmare. the sensation of the outfits though the sensation <laughs> of the sequence <laughs> I heard you saying that to Johnny oh yeah I did yeah yeah it's just that little, yeah 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 uh, <laughs> no. no I did not don't even go don't even go there but now when I was looking yeah. at like all your posts obviously you had announced that you were taking part in the show and your announcement photo was you spray tan sequins <sighs> pink suit yeah. like the works and I just had so much respect for you for doing that because I'm sure you can think of a few like male athletes who might be going oh Jesus like what are the lads going to say or that's a bit much for me and like the whole kind of concept of masculinity has become more open-minded in the last few years that like if someone is secure in their masculinity to me then they're okay with doing stuff like that yeah um I suppose dancing for me was always something that I never ever did ever did being a non-drinker I never even had those moments of you know just that that freedom of it being in a nightclub being in a bar mm-hmm. you know just that freedom to go out and dance and yeah. just I, I always had that um you know, I'd stand with my pint of water in, in, you know, chatting to people. And when it came to that kind of moment, it was always about you felt that everybody in the club was looking at you being that individual, not drinking. Obviously, they had absolutely no concerns over yeah. what I was doing. They had their own issues. They had their own dance to be worried about. But for me, you just feel that kind of just that kind of weight of everybody looking at you, even though that's not the case. But I, um, I never had that kind of kind of free freedom to kind of go out and, and express myself on the dance floor um I never really kind of had the urge or ambition to mm-hmm. do it um but then when the show came up um and it wasn't it wasn't about the dancing it just I kind of I kind of separated the the challenge with the dance so it wasn't so yeah. much me okay I need to learn how to dance really well it was about okay do you know what this is something that nobody would expect of me I would never ever have expected it of myself to go and do something like that um and when as soon as those thoughts kind of come into your head you kind of you have this kind of conflict going on one side is saying oh i'd never do it and then the other side is come on this is this is an unbelievable challenge you know you will never come up against a bigger challenge than than doing something like this and there was always that fear of i suppose having played rugby for so long had the successes with the teams um right throughout my career and retired and and feeling very very content with what I had mm-hmm. achieved over those years and I suppose then is 
those thoughts again creep into your mind as to do I want to put myself out there in an environment where I'm putting myself there to, to be shot down, to be ridiculed, to be, um, you know, potentially laughed at by other people. Um, and I, I, you, you kind of try and push that to the back of your mind and not, I suppose, think about what other people are going to think about mm-hmm. you. Um, and I just went for it. I went for it. And look, I knew I was never, ever going to win the show. I, I But I had to believe that I had to train. I had to compete as though I would because... That's one thing, you know, if you if you do that regularly and if you do it to your, the 100% of your ability, then you can walk away and think, do you know what, I actually couldn't have done any more. Yeah. And if my ability, if my rhythm just is not there and that's not something that's in me, then so be it. But at least you can give 100% to it. Because if I just, if I didn't commit to it, if I did it an hour or two training a day, then I probably would have had regrets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the fact that I did whatever, eight hours a day for three months without a day off um, and literally couldn't have done any more, then you can walk away thinking, do you know what? I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm at peace with myself. And then you can mm. kind of move on to the next challenge. And so that was kind of the way I took it on. And I thought that, look, there'd be no bigger challenge than, than this. Yeah, I absolutely had so much fun doing that show, though. I thought it was so great. We were such a mixed bag of characters as well. So just all the rehearsals, I found just hilarious. Oh, I, I don't you know what I, there were moments. Yeah, look, when we were off away from the kind of choreography side of yeah. things and the rehearsal, I just I enjoy those moments. But the fear oh, of just like trying, trying to get steps. I, I know. Could, like there were some things there. I it's just... actually so frustrating. You know, when you see your dance for the first time and I think when people watch the show and they see us all dance to open it and you see dancing every week, you think you yeah. kind of just, it, it looks easy when you're watching it. Oh. But you know, when your professional dancer shows and now I'm going to lift you and then you're going to do this and you're, you're looking at them like, are you serious? <laughs> but the feeling when you get it right, maybe four days later. Yeah. But the thing is for me, you watch it now. Say so you watch Dancing with the Stars, you watch mm-hmm. Strictly and you, and you become that kind of critic and it just yeah. it's like what have you become <laughs> I'm, I'm watching oh he missed a step he missed yeah. a step you know oh his toes oh no no play, foot placement I'm like will you stop like you know when you're thinking about it, and you, you imagine people sitting at home looking at, at me or you yeah. when, they're dan- when you're dancing and you think like people become armchair experts and, and I found myself kind of slipping into that now you know just because you, you've done it for a small bit but mm. again you you kind of you try not to if there is any kind of negative comments directed towards you, you can understand that like people think like that, but it it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? I I just like we, I enjoyed looking back at it. I'm, I am delighted I did it. I think I blur out the stressful parts and I just look back at rose tinted glasses, (laughs) like at us all just like in the dressing rooms, having lunch, chatting away. Yeah. 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 Chicken or salmon. What what is it? (laughs) Well, what? I don't know. Salmon. (laughs) (laughs) I think Holly, there is a place for both. Is there? There is a place for both. Yeah. No, but you're, you'd come in with your like Tupperware and everything, just a sprinkle of feta. I'd be there like taking notes. Well, I was on it because I, I knew yeah. I was well, on Well, I was I trying was, to be on it too, in fairness. I was just on TV and I knew they were going to put me in some... Well, cost, same with the girls' outfits. outfits. Yeah. It can be when you have, you know, a large following in terms of people who are fans from rugby or you're following on Twitter and Instagram or anything like that. Like, is there, is there anything that would affect you? Because I think, I mean, you seem to have it pretty like you're sure of yourself. You're like, that doesn't bother me. You kind of have that outlook. And I know that you've, we were both at the James Smith talk last year. It was last year or two years ago? It was before COVID. Two years ago. Two think, years yeah. ago, yeah. yeah. And he would kind of have the outlook that if he gets negative comments, usually the people who would say it wouldn't be the type of people who would ever buy his audio book or like would ever want. So mm. I kind of feel like that if someone doesn't like me or, you know, they're tearing me down online, they're probably just never going to be into me as a person anyway so anything I do is probably going to piss them off yeah I, you know? think, I think there's just people out there who just 
whatever, look for that little bit of attention, whatever. And I always try and think like what makes somebody pass a negative comment, whatever, whatever goes on in, in somebody's head. We all have thoughts about mm-hmm. everybody, you know what I mean? But what actually is that step that people, you know, need to take to actually tell someone or type something about somebody? Yeah. What What is going on in, in their own lives, in their own minds that make them want to, I suppose, deflect whatever's going on in, inside themselves mm-hmm. onto somebody else? And I think that's probably... In, in, in the cases more often than not, I think that's probably, you know, if somebody is happy with their own lives, you know, you, you're not going to dwell on what other somebody else does. And you're not going to have a negative comment, I feel. But I think that anytime anybody throws something nasty at somebody, you feel that there's something internal going on with them mm-hmm. and they're trying to maybe cope with, you know, what's something that's going on in their own lives. And it's probably their way of showing that. So I always kind of think, look, somebody throws something negative at you, then look, you kind of think, OK, this person isn't in a happy place themselves. So, you know, they're mm. trying to deal with it in, in a certain way. So I always kind of say, look, it's it's nothing to do with what we, you or me may do that they've thrown that comment. It's something that is negative in their own lives that they're trying to sort out. So you kind of try and separate it because they don't know you as a person. Yeah, that is actually very true. You're very wise. <laughs> My old age. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to take another look at your Instagram because I did have a proper... Um, deep dive on it. So let me just oh God, get nervous here have now, a look now. Oh yeah, Jesus, look at this. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you posted that. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so one of the things obviously that I just think is so sweet on your Instagram is your posts about Debbie and how much you love her and what a great mum she is. And mm. um, there was your wedding day post that you posted. Obviously, you know, the date, 16th June, 2015. Um, an incredible day with my amazing wife. The, the 9th of June, surely. Well, maybe you posted this a few days ago, oh, yeah, a few yeah. days after it. I thought you were trying to, you were trying to catch me I out did, there. yeah. <laughs> Debbie, don't worry, he knows the date. <laughs> but then, like, consistently, all of the kind of posts after then on anniversaries and just, I honestly, how did you guys meet, actually? We were introduced um, by a mutual friend in Cork, just on a night out um, in 2008. So we've been together quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um took me a while to pluck up the courage to actually propose but I think secretly I knew I knew yeah. all along really? um um yeah look she's just she's amazing she's amazing mm-hmm. um I suppose when I see um somebody who is at home with the kids she's got her own dreams her own ambitions I know you know down the line she will will be incredible at whatever she puts her hand to um because I suppose it was difficult in many ways when I when we went to the UK it was just the two of us together um and I continued playing for another six years in the UK and got to 36 years of age 37 38 and it was always kind of a contract for maybe a year and Mm -hmm. then we'd move on to another club uh, six months another club so that I suppose I was conscious that you know that's that's not easy for her because I'm involved in a club on a daily basis. I meet 40 guys. I be, I've an, an instant connection with guys. They're my teammates um, and I have that bond initially. Yeah. So for her, you know, trying to make new friends with the girlfriends, with the wives. Just on the weekends. Just on the weekends. And it's not mm-hmm. easy, particularly when, you know, if, it's different if you're, if you've got a contract for three or four years, years and you know, this is my group of friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's hard to you know, 12 months and then you move on to somewhere else and you're going to start again. And look, she had her own, her she has her own dreams to kind of get into that kind of food marketing. She, that was her kind of masters and she's just got so many ideas. And then, you know, we had a family and look, she is the best mum that, that these kids could have ever dreamed of because of um, 
the effort, the time that she gives them. Um, it's all focused on our family. And again, it's kind of putting her own aspirations on the back burner. But I know that when the time comes that her ideas, her motivation and, and her support for me as well and whatever I've done, because, you know, I've said, look, I'm going to do dancing. I had to move up to Dublin for three months yeah. and, and they were in Cork. Um, you know, again, with the, the kind of, I suppose, the the hell week stuff mm-hmm. um, that I had to train a lot for it um, and I'm, I'm constantly training I'm in Dublin a lot for for rugby so again her understanding and her I suppose forgiveness for me being away has just been has allowed me to to kind of pursue my dreams yeah. and what I want to do like after rugby so yeah look you know that's, yeah. that's just her in a nutshell you know no you seem like obviously you guys kind of get to go away on holidays and stuff together and the four of you as a family are just so cute and I love to see all those pictures as well it's like your Instagram is a lot of obviously like fitness and stuff and then family mixed in as well but I suppose there's a lot of compromise there and stuff with relationships which I would think is for me is probably a number one thing to make anything work even if it's a friendship like or a professional relationship it's like meeting each other halfway and supporting each other because you know it is obviously tough if you have to go to Dublin mm. for a month or if you've whatever but like what would your kind of main bit of advice be to someone about making relationship work yeah it's particularly when kids come along it's just find that time to do something just the two of you Mm -hmm. because you could be in a room and the two kids could be just jumping on your shoulders on, on your head whatever the case may be they could be shouting each other and even though you're in the same room as each other if it could be you could be 100 miles away because yeah. you you don't have that connection um so it's just important to find that time and we try and we make a conscious effort to you know whether it's 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 one night a week uh one night a fortnight just going for going for dinner just mm-hmm. to have those two or three hours of being out and getting you know my mom or um or debbie's kind of parents to come and, and mind the two kids when they're asleep just to have that kind of moment of kind of phones down adult conversation um, and have that interaction because lives become busy when when kids come around and and it's not even a case when you know you you have that kind of full night's sleep either you're up but kind of you're like kind of passing ships so one is going to Mm. one and the other is going to the other kid in the other room it's just it's it's um it is full on but again it's it's finding that time just to have between you know between the two of you it's um and look it hasn't been easy you know we've gone kind of months you know at times without being able to get out for dinner and yeah you kind of have those kind of moments where you feel stressed and um but then again you you get away a few days and and and, and it becomes okay and you realize that you know, the moments that you have as a, as a four are brilliant but then the moments that you have as a couple as well are, are equally as important yeah because even for someone like you who is so like you said you kind of work towards goals and you have a lot on your plate and a lot of things that you want to get done and boxes to take and stuff when you actually slow down do you find it easy to switch off in those moments like to actually clear your head and be present or do you because sometimes I find it hard to be really present if my head is full of things and you know I kind of know there's something I have to do tomorrow and stuff um do you find it hard or is there do you do mindfulness or anything like that I don't really um mm. but I I can't I can't switch off when I'm when I'm in that moment and I, and I know I, I need to be yeah. and I'm 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 focused and I'm concentrating on whatever task that like look we all have we all have busy lives we all yeah, have things like you now, said, yeah. things coming into your mind mm-hmm. and um and I've kind of I'm at, I suppose the infancy of a lot of things that I'm trying to set up at the moment which is kind of a little bit kind of stressful it's a, bit, a little mm-hmm. bit nerve-wracking it's um so it's it's not easy but again it's I know for the bigger picture and for the sake of kind of family at times it's just about parking that pushing it to one side that if it gets to a certain stage in the evening it just needs to be you know yeah. you need to be relaxed you need to have that, those conversations because 
um it's 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 so important it's massively important because we've we've let it slip at times and you, you go you go a few days or a week that you know you're you haven't really nearly had a proper conversation yeah. you know a meaningful conversation mm-hmm. and you know it weighs on you you know you it, almost feel guilty then yeah you, yeah you do and then you know the flow of your own day kind of suffers as a result um so again get get your training done have those conversations you know and and you know they the environment is 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 a lot easier to to live in as a as a group you know? yeah true and talking about all the things that you have going on you've launched body plan which launched 18th of october was it yeah so tell me about that it's an online personal training and in person is it yeah it is so it's um it's kind of focused in i suppose in two different areas um since finishing playing i've met with a lot of people who who were in business, I suppose we always try and make that transition from from the professional rugby scene into the big bad world and mm-hmm. see where we're, what we're going to do. And um, I suppose try and bridge that gap getting into the, the, the business world. And I've met uh, people who, I suppose, struggle with implementing a nutrition plan, a kind of a training regime into, the, into their lives because a lot of people, they don't get enough sleep. They kind of, they might, busy executives might have, you know, some three or four hours sleep a night I've kind mm. of come across people who are in a situation like that where they want to make time for training but they've no idea how to schedule anything so for me uh, and my background and what I've done with with rugby it's all about if you have things in place so Sunday night even still on a Sunday night I sit down I, I schedule my week I, I know where my meetings are I know where I need to be but yeah. in and around that you need to like any important business meeting you write right in when your session is going to be you know you you plan your food and it's if it's written down in front of you you become accountable for it then it makes it so much harder yeah. to shy away from it because how many times i meet people and they you know i might go to the gym after work and yeah. it, it kind of rarely happens and they might not even have the stuff with them <laughs> exactly yeah. and it's that preparation yeah. that if you again it's about getting it so for me get up at five o'clock i go to the gym i, mm-hmm. I train so like when that alarm goes off at five o'clock I've got my clothes laid out on the floor. So when I get yeah. out of bed, that the socks are ready. They're ready. shorts, mm-hmm. t-shirts. So like there is no moment of lying in bed um, thinking, you know, it's five o'clock. Uh, where's my gear? You know, yeah. and then you go and back then to sleep. Snooze. I, this, me and that snooze button, like you mean to just <laughs> break up because it's so tempting with the yeah. darker mornings, like I was saying earlier. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like personally on a Monday morning, if I know that I've given myself even that hour on a Sunday evening of my to-do list, schedule a few emails that can go out in the morning to ask people when I'm doing different calls, whatever, highlight things on my list that are really important that mm. I need to do in the first hour. I'm a different person than if I don't do that. And it's just like, I think people will see like on social media that there's all this like 5am club and I've got really cool gym gear and I'm doing this and I'm driving to the gym in a sports car and it's really intimidating but it's actually just about implementing those really small habits I think but it can be hard too because I don't always do them yeah I well, know it is and, and I suppose with with this and with body plan it's about so I'll be working kind of with one one-on-one with people and um, it's, I always bring it back and I ask them the questions like you know is, is it important to you to, to be healthy to be fit you know you know, for you, um, for your family, for you to be fit around your family, um, you know, will it benefit your business, your work? If you are healthier, if you're fitter, will you be able to be more productive from a physical point of view, from a mental point of view? If you're kind of, if your training is done, will you be happier in your own self, you know, getting Mm -hmm. into work, being more, like I said, being more productive. Um, so all of those things, like the positives are there, and it's just a matter of trying to to schedule those things in and, and help people, I suppose, design a program around that, um, help people with their nutrition, because it's 
for people to understand the values that are attached to food. So people, rather than grabbing something, being reactive, you know, from mm. in the shop, I'm in a rush. Let me just grab something quick. It's, it's, it's that it's to help educate people on that kind of process of choosing the right things that if you are having to grab something, grab something that's going to benefit you. Yeah. So all of those kind of things and putting something in place There's a lot of stuff that I do with, whether it's kind of on Zoom training sessions or in-person training sessions. So kind of helping people understand the kind of that side of things. And also the other side then is I've kind of an aspiring athlete kind of program that I like kind of to run with some people, some coming out of school, some people who might have kind of fallen out of an academy, a professional mm-hmm. contract, um, just kind of in that in that limbo area where they don't know where they want to go in terms of, you know, if they're at a club and they don't have that kind of strength and conditioning coach, they, they want to, they feel that they can kind of push on to the next stage, but they, they don't really have anywhere to go. It's about, I suppose, giving people, I suppose I describe it as um, kind of like an in-season or a pre-season program where you work on their strength, you work on their conditioning. So I'd be there kind of working with them kind of one-on-one yeah. um, online as well. So it's it's been really good and there's been a great response. Um, and it's just regardless of what level people are at. So whether it's a professional athlete or whether it's somebody... Like me. I'd, I'd put you somewhere <laughs> halfway between the between the way, the two, two of them, Holly. Um, I think it's when you see change in somebody and when you see someone achieve something regardless mm-hmm. of what level it's it's really motivating it's inspiring because you know someone who may just have been doing bodyweight stuff and then all of a sudden they they lift their first dumbbell and they can they see that progression i think that's mm-hmm. kind of motivating for me when you when you kind of when you're working with clients so um regardless of their standard their ability um you know different People have come from different walks of life yeah. looking for that kind of help. So, yeah, it's going well. It's, you know, it's going to keep me busy, but I think it's 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 the area that's motivating and it's mm-hmm. it inspires me to kind of to keep getting up in the mornings because it's an area that I would have focused heavily on when yeah. I when I played. Because especially like what you're saying about the aspiring athlete thing, because my brother was on a football scholarship in America and he did his ACL. I think he's done it maybe three times now. So he had to fully stop playing football. But it's like he still wanted to be active and he did what you did. He built the gym in his garage. He lives for that feeling of like, you know, he loves it. The lads love it. They'll jump in the sea afterwards. Like it's that kind of vibe that he loves. But I feel like if he didn't have the support, it would have been so easy for him to get really down Mm. and feel like he didn't know what to do. His plan of becoming a footballer was gone. So to know that there's like an outlet there and it's like, okay, maybe you can't do that, but this is another route or these are exercises you can do. And always focus on like where you, what strengths you can work on because everyone has weaknesses. Exactly. Yeah. Look, and that's for me to have something sustainable for somebody, um, find something you enjoy doing and, and we'll work on it. You know what I mean? Because as soon as something becomes a challenge or, you know, those negative thoughts come into your mind saying, oh, that was too hard and I didn't really enjoy it. That's not going to be a sustainable approach to you and being active. Mm-hmm. So you find something that you love doing that makes you get up every morning, regardless of what it is. So then that can be your starting point. That can be the stepping stone to whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be just because there's so much information on online these days mm-hmm. and there's so many kind of different things and, and people get confused and you just bring it back to, look, you have to enjoy something. If this is, this is not just for kind of a short term, you want something that becomes sustainable for the rest of your life, whatever that keeps mm-hmm. you active. So again, it's, it has to be something that motivates you to get up every single day and say, do you know what? I really love it. It might be an area that, you know, um, you might not be new, so you might not figure it out yet what it is, but it has to be fun because 
fun but tough at the same time mm-hmm. you know what i mean to get the benefits of it seeing that progression but um if it's something that you just dislike then that's going to be very short-lived yeah if anything feels like a chore it's so hard to do it yeah, yeah exactly and i haven't actually asked you about ultimate hell week yet you were taking part for cork university hospital and and the children's, children's unit, unit wasn't it yeah. Yeah, yeah and i loved what you wrote in one of your captions was you said i could never have imagined the five days to be as tough as they were but it's nothing compared to what some of these children have to go through and for so much longer they're the real heroes so did that drive you every time it got really hard just thinking about those kids or yeah look it did it was i suppose i would have been and i am a, a patron of of the the hospital and i suppose when you have your own kids as well and and you have to bring them in for you know thankfully they haven't been in for anything anything serious just for kind of checkups but you know when you fully appreciate the work that staff do inside in hospitals um and that fear factor and element that comes in when you've got your own kids um it's it's indescribable um so to to be able to support you know kids like that so we've i've done many kind of projects in in with the hospital and been in there visiting the wards and you know to see kids who are in there long term is is heartbreaking so to be able to do um something for them to be able to put my name to that is was was very very important um mm-hmm. and it was hard it was incredibly tough was that, it as uh, tough as it looked yeah it was it was um and i had seen the first two seasons and um it, it did look hard and, and, I, and I trained hard for it because it was supposed to be in November originally then it was put back to January and mm-hmm. then it was put back to May so I'd been training for uh, probably from September last year for it so okay. it was yeah just building my way up with running with a backpack 30 kgs on my bag on my back um you know three times a week running 10 kilometers kind of a treadmill in the garage just slogging it out running up hills at five in the morning just just preparing myself because i knew again it comes back to the having a goal yeah having a goal but also the regret that if i got to that show Mm -hmm. and if i wasn't fit you know that's that was that's one element that fitness element is you know for me that's something that i could i could nail yeah and i knew that it was in my power the other side of things that the mental side of things when you get into a show like that the challenges that you are put up against you don't know how your body and your mind are going to react until you're in those situations so for argument's sake you know a lot of the the tests the challenges you don't know how long they're going to go on for so for argument's sake there was a scratch test they call it down in the beach in barley cove that looked horrendous that was tough i would have actually died and it it was probably four hours long it was you don't know how long it's going to be go on for so you don't know how to like what percent to give yeah yeah do you go flat out you know what i mean so normally my my background would have been okay you've got three sets of 10 runs you Mm -hmm. know there's an ending there in 45 minutes or an hour so you can you mentally you can prepare yourself for that ending this was completely different the other one was where we were cable tied hands together we were put into a container the cable tie then was handcuffed to a grate on the floor and you're bent over in that kind of position and ice cold water starts filling up and you're just like in your own mind trying to I suppose think okay they're not going to allow the water to come over my head you yeah. try and kind of I suppose rationalize the whole thing um but then we were probably in there in the cold water for an hour like with the water slowly mm-hmm. creeping up and all those kind of it's how you deal with those negative thoughts in kind of in that moment and you think you always bring it back to you know look this is this is not this is a this is a tv show at the end of the day um as real as it was and there was no yeah there was no production coming in saying cut cut we need to shoot this again it was, fully... it was 100% because wow. the army guys were just 
they if they were putting their their jobs out here on and in TV mm-hmm. because we don't we don't see what these guys do on a daily basis. They wanted to make it as real as possible. Yeah. In the training that they do, so it was just. And how did you feel grim. after it? Did you need to sleep for like a week? Did you go? You know, I know you don't eat McDonald's or anything. Do you, but I t- no, I tell you, I ate a lot. I, in the five days, I lost. I lost over six kilos in what? five days. Yeah. So like I, I've thinking about it now. We probably were eating about four hundred calories a day. Oh my god! And burning close to five thousand calories a day. So mm-hmm. for the five days in there, we were in a serious deficit. So coming out then, um, so I came out. I came out at about sixty six kilos and. I, I ate, I ate solidly really? for, for two weeks and I didn't train because I had been training for probably a long, yeah. like eight months solidly. Um, so I ate, I ate for two weeks without training. So I'd You're like to, a bear about going to hibernation. In the morning and Debbie <laughs> come down like about seven in the morning, like it was still dark at times. It's like, kind of, she's like, what Rustling are you, what the are fridge. you doing? <laughs> a tub of ice cream for breakfast. Oh like, my God. And I'm, yeah, I, I put on, I put on. 10 kilos in two weeks really yeah. you needed so it to I, that's but I, mad but your body was probably like what is going on it was and and the first night oh like going back to debbie now so i came back that first night um and she had made up the spare room like mm-hmm. with fre- brand new sheets like oh, just it was amazing just to get a night's sleep yeah um but i couldn't sleep i would like and, I, and talking to everybody else in the show as well that they were we were waking up in the middle of the night, kind of cold sweats and everything. And genuinely for about a week before I kind of got myself yeah. back together. I'd say it was like slightly traumatizing. Um, it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. But honestly, the emotional high when we finished yeah. was incredible. Um, and I remember ringing Debbie, just just bursting into tears. Yeah. Um, like from just lack of sleep, lack of Everything. food, the emotion that was attached to it was, um, it really was, was one of the best things I've ever yeah. done. Wow. And are you good at giving yourself a break after it? Like when you were like, I know you probably wanted to train, but you needed that break. Like, was it weird for you or are you good at giving yourself rest days? Uh, I'd give myself a few rest days. Yeah. Mm. But that was probably the longest I've gone without doing anything. Yeah. And yeah, I'd have those moments of, you know, thinking, and it's probably, it's probably not a great way to be in terms of, oh, I need to be back on it I because I'm, I'm at that level all the time and when mm-hmm. you do kind of drop off um but i kind of I've, I've i've changed my attitude towards that and the way i've been thinking it's kind of i use it as kind of little experiments because of working with people and kind of advising on nutrition and advising on training and, and seeing what kind of different i suppose calorie intakes can do and i, I suppose calorie expenditure does to your body and your weight and kind of different goals that people may have so i've kind of used myself as a little bit of a guinea pig yeah, and i've, and I've I kind of then thought, you know, I, I flipped it and I said, look, this, these two weeks, I'm going to see, look, okay, what does, what is the, the change in my body and mm-hmm. my mind going to look like from two weeks of say eating in a, a 1500 calorie surplus every single day. So you kind of, I kind of rationalize it in, in many ways that it wasn't just a kind of a mindless kind of, uh, two weeks. And then at no. the end of the two weeks, I was kind of, oh God, what have I done to myself? You, you kind of as soon as you start thinking like that you're you're on that slippery slope so you try and yeah. put it into context and then you're back on it and you kind of start it again and i use that then as another challenge kind of after those two weeks saying right i'm at 77 kilos now i've got to get back to my 72 and and that became a goal that became a focus and yeah. that became something exciting for me so you always try and kind of find the positive yeah you don't it. want to be coasting and you feel like you're not no. working towards something really yeah um but seeing as you are like a fountain of knowledge and all this probably the, the last thing <laughs> you said that before you came in here 
<laughs> you're like, Sorry, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fountain of knowledge. I actually wasn't even planning on saying that. Let's cut that bit. It's way too complimentary. <laughs> no joke. Um, but I, I think there's probably a lot of people listening now. And I think that the majority of people who would follow me on Instagram would be women from aged maybe 25 to 35. And I think a lot of them are feeling really hard on themselves after the experience of lockdown and stuff. And there's some people now, some people were great and they were took up running or whatever, but other people feel like they're kind of not as confident because they, they might've been eating a bit more or they haven't gotten back to the gym or, you know, and people kind of feel like Christmas is coming up now. And there's, it's just, I think that there's definitely some people whose confidence were, was knocked and they don't know really much about how to eat healthy and how to kind of get themselves back out. So obviously aside from checking out body pan, <laughs> Gave another little plug there. Yeah. Um, like what kind of tips would you give? Like just for someone, even in terms of having the confidence to get back in the gym when they're kind of being hard on themselves, you know? Yeah, geez, don't don't be hard. Like that what happened in the last 18 months was just was ridiculous to everyone. Um I go through I go I go through moments as well where, you know, it might be a few days I don't train, I'm just at home. And particularly I found that when I'm at home and things are in, in the cupboard, you're just like they're mm-hmm. going to be eaten. You yeah. know what I mean? So again, it's it's just that understanding that, you know, if if we eat something, um, that it's it's not just all ruined and then you carry on and just f- empty yeah. the cupboard. I that have that mentality sometimes. It's so bad. I think maybe women might be more... No, I like, don't know, I, or is it I, I certainly would have, I would have done it before. That, like you know, like one it, biscuit or w- one rest day turns into a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you end up kind of having something kind of at around 12 o'clock or lunchtime yeah. and you think, oh, the, the day, day. day's ruined. So mm-hmm. I may as well just keep going. So it's like... It's just if if you can plan no, like as part of your nutrition that like I I will eat anything like mm-hmm. there's there's no nothing off limits you know what I mean so even with people I work with it's not about being overly restrictive because as soon as you tell someone they can't have something that's all the they first want. thing they want mm-hmm. so again it's all about that like can we hear about that kind of moderation and staying on track that if something you know one day I like and, I, and I've tried this myself right so if I'm if I'm on it say for say two weeks right on strict kind of say calories counting mm-hmm. numbers um in terms of kind of the food that i'm eating and for argument's sake if if you know one day i've done i've done this on numerous times say on a sunday i will have have what i want basically if i'm if i'm getting the training in around that like one day does not make a difference yeah it does not make a you difference. need to just, I, you need, yeah i need to remind myself that actually just don't let that one mm-hmm. day turn into a week that's yeah. just if you if you have a goal of maintaining whatever your your, your mm-hmm. weight may be just have that focus that understand that when that day is over genuinely one day is not going to make a difference if you're if you're on it kind of 90 percent of the time mm-hmm. you know then that's the focus and that's that's what you need because yeah. um i genuinely i've i've been in that moment and i've had those moments of yeah of, of guilt, I suppose, when you're eating. It's and like as, a fuck it switch where you're like, well. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know what? It's it's um, it's just trying to kind of reel it back in and, and understand that, look, you've done it. You've done that one day. But again, it's 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 focusing on the next one because um, like it, it's the bigger picture. If you're consistent with what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. like I, I've done it and I've, I've been there before that w- one day will not make a difference. So it's again for people like you're talking about now so we're we're kind of november you know mm-hmm. what i mean don't don't let Jan, no don't let december go by yeah you know and say oh okay 
January 1st, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Because it's, it's a long, long it's way a long, away. If people yeah. get into silly season on the 1st of December, you yeah. can in 25, you know, the, the 25 days of Christmas yeah. or whatever, you can do a lot of damage. And like when, <laughs> Believe when, me. And when New, when, when New, Year, when New Year comes, then you're like, an, and then you're like oh. rolling into New Year, like, oh, what have I done? And it becomes mid-January then before people start. And then, yeah. then it becomes start But of then February. I'm kind of like, I'll start in the Chinese New Year, which is in like March or something. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> but like again it's you you said it a while ago it's it's habits and mm-hmm. and, and i'm someone that like i'm i suppose in many ways f- fortunate i think i believe there was kind of something in me as well from it from a young age to just get up and and do stuff um but as being part of this a team um, yeah right throughout those 20 years it was something that i suppose developed those habits on a daily basis that when i finished they were in place they become my they became my go-to that I knew the the rest of my day would flow. I would function so much better as mm-hmm. a person. I'd be a nicer person to be around once I got yeah, that true. training session in. Um, so from that point of view, um, it's about creating those habits that if like I'm I'm not motivated to train every single day. No, I'm really happy to hear you say that. And genuinely, I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that because. Um, I think people expect no, that you would be like. Not at all. Not at all. I, I'm. There are days where. Like I've so much on, I've I've so mm. much to do. I feel guilty for not, I suppose, spending time with the kids at home if they're, you know, in the afternoons if they're, um, if Noah's not in school, um, and and I do, and and, and I genuinely I do, I, I I'm not motivated every day, but because it's, I know, and I look at the bigger picture that I'm a better person my family can see that I'm a happier person yeah. when, when that is done, my training is done that, um, so it's not just, you know, from, from an egotistical point of view that I have to go and do and, and lift, lift weights. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you look at the bigger picture that, um, like I said, the day flows better. Everybody's is happier as a result, uh, you know, if I get it done. So yeah. it's, it's, it's become a habit. It's just the alarm goes off. It's the first thing that I do. So when it's yeah. done in the morning, I'm back to do the school run for Noah at eight o'clock. So that's that's me mentally and physically done mm-hmm. so that there's no there's no question yeah. of it. So, so it's, it's a non-negotiable it's really. A, it's a non-negotiable at this stage for me. And like I said, it's like nobody in the world, no matter who who tells you, they are not motivated to train every single the day. Time. Yeah, it's 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 not possible. Um, so again, to try and eliminate that side of it, you make something a habit to so that it just becomes instinctive that, you know, and, and, and there are many hurdles along the way for people to kind of create habits like you talk about that. Oh, my my brand new um, gym gears is, is, is kind of yeah. it's downstairs or it's in it's in the washing basket. And I, and I I've got this T-shirt that I, I don't really want to wear. I don't mm. want people to see me in it. Then, you know, that that becomes, you know, that becomes a, a stumbling block in many ways yeah. that it stops you from going doing your thing it's so true. if that was if you were prepped the day before that that was washed that was clean that was like literally brand new ready over your chair in your bedroom then yeah. you were <clears throat> excited to jump out of bed so all those little things that help make those habits yeah. a thing um you just need to kind of put those in place and i think i always remember need to remind myself well no one is looking at you in the gym like it's not you know like uh, no one if i'm going in and whatever i'm wearing they're thinking about themselves they're thinking about themselves we all think that like if i do something wrong everyone's going to turn around and point it's and all about you holly it's, it's all like, about i know you. that it, the world does roll around me <laughs> but like sometimes it's a bit much um but on that note <laughs> i want to say thank you so much for coming on I feel like i learned loads and it was great to see you again thanks holly thank yeah, you appreciate thanks it. so much appreciate it 
thanks to Peter for coming on. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe as it makes such a big difference. Thanks for listening. Thank you.